Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Today's message is simple at 8 o'clock this morning. The name of this message is El Shaddai. It's a name that God spoke to Abraham, and I believe he's speaking it to you and I in this generation, that he is almighty God. Father, I give you praise that as I teach that you would be glorified, and I pray that you would go before and prepare the atmosphere for the word, moisten the atmosphere. For those who are dry, I pray that you would moisten. Thank you for the sodden heart, and I thank you for the follow ground. Use me for your glory. Let me impact nations. I'm asking for nations, not street corners, not even the city. I want the nation for you, Lord. And so, Father, I give you praise for the expansion and the international arm, reaching all nations, both local and global. And God, we intend to give you glory and praise and honor for all that you do. In the matchless and most wonderful name of Jesus. I've had the church say, Amen. I heard clearly on yesterday the Lord speak to me to minister this message. And so enduring times of, ex- of uncertainty and confusion, despair and protest and even fear. If we're not careful, all we'll see is what's happening in the nation and we'll take our eyes off Jesus. We need a clear vision on the character of God, the love of God, and the care of our God toward his people. At the same time, uh, we do believe that it is time for change in America. But today, I am not preaching that change. I am preaching as the Spirit would give me utterance and direction on where your eye and our heart should be. And our eyes and heart should be on the character, the love, and the care of our God toward his people. Yes, throughout the Bible, God refers to himself by different names and titles. Each name of God reveals an aspect of his nature of his character. Each name reveals an aspect of his nature, his character, and his power toward his people. For example, the name Eliohim, the name Eliohim, you see it in the book of Genesis uh, chapter one. It's plural, it's a plural noun, uh, three in one. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Uh, today's message will deal with the name of God, not Eliohim, but we're going to talk about El Shaddai. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm a little moved uh, right now because as we sing that song, God Almighty, Lord of glory, very simple. God has a way of taking me out of myself and allowing me to see a glimpse of his feet. And he's so much bigger than we are. He's bigger than our circumstance. He's bigger than our trials. He's bigger than what we're facing right now. Put your eyes on God. 
And so what is God's name? When we study the Bible in English, it could seem like God has two basic names. And I want you to begin to look at this. When you look at the Bible and you see the word God with the capital G and the word Lord, especially in the King James spelled all capital letters, L-O-R-D. You need to see that it is in reference to God Almighty. God and Lord. When we dig deeper in the scriptures, we begin to discover that in the original languages, he has many more names that he has revealed to his people. Multiple variances. These names are often simple, but they're translated God and Lord in modern English. God and Lord. The names of God in the Bible, uh, by learning about the names, a lot of times if you want to know about a person, know their name. I never answered anybody just says, hey, or hey, boy, <laughs> you must be talking to that person over there. If you want me to turn in your direction, you need to call my name. I've uh, long passed that uh, uh, just when somebody whistles or somebody uh, makes a slur or whatever, it gets my attention. You're not talking to me if you don't know my name. And if you want to talk to me, I would really appreciate it if you ask me what my name is. A lot of times we give too much attention to people that are making slurs and making motions at us or waving at us or winking at us. And they've never really tried to know who you are as a person. God didn't want you to guess about who he is. So he's bold in the scriptures to make it known who he is by sharing with you his name. Like Eliohim means mighty ones. Mighty ones. El means strong or mighty or mighty one. That's E-L. And then El Shaddai, almighty God. God almighty, Lord of glory, we worship you. Most powerful one. El Elyon, the most high God. There is no God above our God. The I am, the God who has existed for eternity. I am that I am. Hallelujah. Yahweh, the eternal God who heals Yahweh Rapha the eternal God who heals Yahweh the eternal the self existing God hallelujah Jehovah Jireh he's the God that provides glory to God and when you don't know how you're going to make it you need to know that name and say Jehovah Jireh say it with me Jehovah Jireh that's the God who provides it's okay it's okay to talk back to me. Just don't sass. But you can talk back. Then it's Jehovah Nisi. Say it, Jehovah Nisi. It's the God that is my banner. And you need to have some identity. For people who have no identity that follows every crowd. You need to know Jehovah Nisi. He has a signia. Insignia. He has a banner for you to come underneath. You can identify with the, the, the God that has a banner over your heads. He's Jehovah Sidkenu. He's the God, our righteousness. Say Jehovah Sidkenu. 
It's hard to pronounce it. Come on, say it. Jehovah Sid Canoe. <laughs> He's the God of righteousness and uh, glory to God. Jehovah Shalom. Everybody needs to know that one. During times like this, we need to know the peace of God. Jehovah Shalom. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there are many names of God. Now, we may cover some of those names, but today we want to deal with El Shaddai. Lord God Almighty. And let me just share something with you. Uh, the Almighty God has revealed himself in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. I look to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Glory to God. Somebody may want to give this man some assistance. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And what we need to understand is that the presence of the Lord has made himself uh, personal through the Lord Jesus Christ, who's our Lord. Glory to God. And so it's important to you to understand that even during times of great turmoil and issues and distractions, don't focus on the distraction. Focus on the word of God. Uh, you'll always see distractions. You'll always see this and that. You're going to see more of it as we move into the 21st century, as we come out of this pandemic. You're going to see all kind of things. But focus on the almighty God. Well, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Jesus said. The almighty one. And he embodied the very, very presence and power and essence of who our God is. Thank you, Jesus. And so as we begin to grow, God is almighty. You're going to see all kinds of things occur. This pandemic has showed us other viruses that are in our community. And people that are lethargic and not looking around or distracted or they don't understand what's happening, you're going to miss the move of God. Or you may watch some stuff happen in your church that you don't want to see happen. People that are just spiritual and got their eyes closed and won't look and won't focus, you're going to miss God. People that don't know what's happening in the rooms of their house with their children, they never investigate. They just let them go. You're going to be shocked when you walked in the room because there are viruses in the midst of us. Nobody should come to the house of God just to receive worship alone. You must sit up under the word of God. I want you all to hear this because sometimes me as believers, we don't understand how to work with the demonic and work with people who are off a little bit. And when you have a problem with receiving the word, your worship is null and void. The worship prepares you for word. You don't grow just by worship alone. You must get a word from God. You won't get healed just by worship alone. There was a word coming. Glory to God. The spirit of God always covers the face of the deep until the word comes. And when the word comes, it's activated and light comes. So we need to understand that the spirit of the Lord God fell upon Jesus, the almighty God. And I'm be believing that the almighty God, his presence is going to rest on each and every one of us. This is not an abstract presence. This is almighty God presence. 
It's going to rest on your head and on your family and on your community. During the darkest time in, in human history, American history, we're going to still have the presence of God resting on us. Glory to God. We just finished Pentecost, and the, it said on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come. We were all in one place and on one accord. Suddenly, here comes the presence of the Lord. And it sat on each and every one of them. And you need to be able to lift up holy hands and say, God, just rest on me. Amen. There's, there's something about the presence of the Lord resting on you. Glory to God. Just let him rest on you for a while. Don't rush. Somebody asked me uh, the other day and said, Bishop, what do we do after the riots? Well, let me tell you what you do. You need to, you need to allow some gravy to be made in your life. You don't need to rush to what's next. You need to feel everything that God wants you to feel in this season. Amen. People want to get past their problems overnight. And let's step in. What happens? What if you didn't get everything that you need to get in this moment to feel it all? You just want to get away from the past and get away from the issues and get away from this. And what's next? I tell you what's next. You need to settle down and feel everything right now and get all of the flavors of the moment. So when you step in there, you won't be anemic. You won't be some just bland taste. You'll have all of the flavors for the next season. You'll have all of the flowers of the next season. Glory to God. And all of the beautiful colors of the next season as you move towards your destiny. And so we need to be led of the spirit. The spirit of the Lord God is upon us. Upon us and if he's going to rest upon you, he then wants to give direction in your life. You need to be led of the spirit. If almighty God is almighty, then let's be led by the almighty one. And there are three areas that God wants to touch as it relates to him leading you today, leading us. Number one, he wants to lead us in mission. Number two, he wants to lead us in spirituality. And number three, he wants to lead us in formation. He wants to lead us in formation. Let's talk about God leading you in mission. God wants each and every one of us, if he's almighty God, all powerful. He's not here just to take care of our issues. But he wants to lead you with his almighty power. And that means he wants you to know your assignment and then know that he's able to take you to it and through it and to accomplish it. So you need to know the mission. You need to know your assignment. Number two, you need to know his instructions as it relates to your mission. With the assignment comes divine instruction. This is why you need to get a word in your, you need to worship the Lord. All of us need to worship him. But all of us also need to make sure that we have divine instructions. There are three things you, don't want, you want to look at as it relates to instruction. You want to look at structure. You want to look at construction. You want to look at instruction. Structure would be a building that's finished. Construction is the process of building the building. Instruction is the buildings or the furnishings instructed inside of you. So God is not just trying to get us information, but he wants to create a community inside. A refuge on the inside. A knowing on the inside. To construct furnishings within you. Which will create density in your life. You won't be a mile wide with knowledge. But an inch deep as it relates to being able to take anything. So instruction comes with depthness. Glory to God. And density. 
So we want to make sure that we get our assignment. If he's almighty God in mission, then he needs to give us assignments. That means we need to sit up under his instruction. Instruction leads us or gives us direction. Please write it down. And so once you get instruction, you're not a person that's constantly spinning on the wheel of circumstance, not knowing which direction you should go in. The instruction has a way of centering you and then allowing you to get direction for your life and you pursue that direction. You go with God there. So with instruction comes direction and number three, with instruction comes direction and determination to get to the goal. Some people have enough to start it, but they don't have enough anointing in the mission to finish it. God is not just trying to get us to start anything anymore. We got a whole lot of people starting things. If you started with the wrong motive and you don't understand your mission, you'll fizzle out halfway through. But when you know your mission, you got the instruction, you know the assignment, you have direction, then you will get the determination from the Holy Ghost because he's God Almighty sprinkling as it relates to your assignment. He's sprinkling as it relates to instruction. He's sprinkling as it relates to your direction. He's sprinkling as it relates to giving you determination to fulfill the mission. Glory to God. And so God is in the business of giving us everything we need to finish our course. Paul said it as he was speaking to his son, Timothy. I fought a good fight. I finished my course and I have kept the faith. And you want others to be able to say when they look at you, you fought the good fight. Glory to God. Didn't get knocked out in the first round or the fourth round. You fought the good fight. You went all the way to the end. Glory to God. Finished your course and kept the faith the whole way through. Glory to God. There was density the whole way through. There was soundness the whole way through. Your trial didn't stop you from giving God praise. Hallelujah. You knew your mission. Almighty God was almighty in mission. Secondly, he's almighty in spirituality. And that is the influence of God, of the almighty God. And I want you to think about if God is all powerful, then how can he have just a little influence in your life? If he's all powerful, he needs to influence your spirituality. In other words, if, <coughs> if he's God almighty, he needs to be able to influence or fill your cup of spirituality. That means you're not half glass, halfway full as it relates to spirituality. You're overflowing with it. And God wants to make sure that when you move and you're outside of the scope of others, he can still influence your behaviors. Glory to God. And I just decree and declare that the almighty God is resting heavily upon, you, upon us. Heavily upon us in spirituality. Glory to God. I'm asking God to take his rest on you. And if he's almighty, you're going to feel a little heaviness come up on your shoulders. Glory to God. Spirituality should make you heavy. I'm not talking about sad, but it should put some weight on you. You shouldn't blow and be gone with the wind. You should be able to, we should be able to see your footprint in the sand. 
You're not featherly. You're not just walking on everything. No one knows if you're there. When you have strong spirituality and the influence of God is there, every time you step, we'll see his footprint through you because the weight of God, the glory of God will rest heavy on your shoulders. And this is what God is doing with the international ministries of truth revealed and tribulation around the world and other churches. He wants us to get a little bit more heavy with glory. Glory to God, because with spirituality comes the glory of the Lord, the influence of God. Write it down. God wants to sway your behaviors. God wants to empower you, not just with power to cast out devils, but to sway your behavior. And when you move, you'll see people following you. Not following you, but following the influence of God. To get this, to get the influence of God, number one, God has to break us. I lost about 25 right there. I don't want to be broken. I didn't say he's going to break you, break, break your money, or you're broke. I said he wants to break you. You need to be broken in your soul. A pure and a contrite heart he will not despise. People that never worship, never cry, never sense the presence of God. Ah, you may not see his influence there. But if he can break you, glory to God, hallelujah. When he breaks, if you break bread and then you pour wine on the bread, it soaks up the wine real fast. If you got a whole loaf right there, you can pour water on it. It'll just wash off and go off uh, somewhere and just fall on the floor. But when you break something, it sodden, it can become sodden very easy. And when God is able to break us, let this moment in the nation's history break you. Let it break. Let the trial break you to the point where you can begin to allow the influence of God's presence to rest on you. And when you're broken in the presence of God, he can then drive you. Glory to God. He can drive. You're then driven. You're not just led, but you're driven. There's a wind behind you pushing you to your core, to the almighty God's purpose for your life. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. We need to be land of the spirit in mission and in spirituality. The influence of God needs to be upon your life. We need to be broken. And when you're broken, you're driven. Then we need to be men and women of God, led of the spirit, not only in mission and spirituality, but we need to be led as it relates to formation. Write it down. God wants a sure foundation for his people. It is the building block of all spiritual houses that is a found, a strong foundation. God is the, is the architect, so he'll make sure the, the blueprint is there. But we need to build our lives according to the blueprint. Here we see in construction. Usually before you see the finished product, construction looks very messy. Formation doesn't look pretty. God takes a mob uh, even uh, military folk can take a mob, can take men and women uh, from different ethnicities and different experiences around the nation, pull them into a base, strip them, cut them off from the things that they used to do and know, cut them off from the things that are familiar, cut everybody's hair off. They cut everybody's hair off. Nobody can wear dreadlocks. Nobody can have their own identity for those three months. And they do that. And then they teach you a new language and teach you how to flow and teach you how to make your bed and teach you how to shine your shoes. And everybody learns how to march together who never knew how to march, who don't even have rhythm. But because they, they, they influence your behavior and restrict your movement, they give you formation. 
Thank you, God. And what we should be able to do after we look back over our shoulder, when we look over this pandemic and we come out of it, we need to be able to see that God synchronized our steps. There's no individual. I got my voice. I what, how do you find your voice in a moment like this? We need to hear the collective voice. We need to hear what the spirit is saying, not what individuals are saying. And we need a strong foundation. Glory to God. We need blueprint and construction. And we need structure and development. And we need, when you have all of these things, you can trust and rest in the Lord. Formation actually helps you to rest. If you ever wonder why you feel discombobulated, if you can ever straighten up some things in your house and put them in their proper place and make sure you got the right stuff in your closet and everything is hung up right, you'll start feeling better because clutter clutters your mind. Let me encourage you to stay in formation. There's a voice trying to pull people from the form. Wants people to go back to what they're used to, but stick with the formation. Glory to God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. If you're ever going to weather any storm, you have to first make sure that you're forming. Before the storm comes, you need to form it. The foundation must be there. You don't build a foundation when you're in the midst of a storm. The form has to be there. And every form will be stormed. In other words, every form is going to have the enemy coming against the form with a storm. So expect it. As you begin to structure your life, here comes a trial. As you structure, here comes a trial. From the enemy's perspective, he's trying to get you to doubt that God even told you to create the formation. But from God's perspective, he's testing to see if it's sound. Jesus said, he that heareth these sayings of mine, El Shaddai in person says, he that heareth these sayings of mine and do them will be likened unto a wise man that builds his house on a rock. And when the wind, winds blew and the floods came and the rains descended on the house, it was able to stand because of its formation, the foundation. But if you don't hear the word, hallelujah, when the same storms come, the foundation will wash away. So we need to be very careful and understand that God wants us to stay in formation. And there's an enemy that wants you to move away from the form. So here comes the form, then the storm will test the form. And after every storm, before you go to the next level, reform. Go back to the original form because the storm can shake some things up. But you want to make sure that you put everything back in place after the storm. Versus trying to go to the next issue. Or oh, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to the next city. Or oh, I'm getting out of here. I got to get out of here. And you've never corrected your form. So when you get there, you're still discombobulated. And you're going to attract the same kinds of issues when you get there. Because proper formation will attract, glory to God, the righteous things that God has instilled in your destiny that's in your future. In other words, if you get the foundation right and you move, you will begin to attract people that's going to help build on the foundation that you have. But if you don't get it right, you still have naysayers and knuckle draggers showing up at your house. And all they want to do is take advantage of your storm when you never reformed. 
Form it, storm it, reform it. Glory to God. Then you perform it. Thank you, God. And you need to understand you don't perform first. You perform last. A lot of times we like to throw people microphones that can perform, but they have no form. They have never been stormed. They don't know how to reform. They just know how to perform, 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 perform. I'm tired of performance. I need the almighty God. Thank you, God. Write it down. God revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. If you look at Genesis chapter 17 and verse 3 again, verse 1 to 3, when Abraham was 99 years old, isn't it amazing that a lot of time when God shows up, you have no strength? When God starts working it out, you've tried to do everything you could do in your ability and he allow you to get to the end of yourself. Then he reveals himself as God Almighty. He waited until the man was 99 years old. It looked like to me he would have done a better job if he showed himself to be God Almighty when the man was in his prime. But God waited until he couldn't do anything in the natural before he showed up as God Almighty. I am the Lord, glory to God. And I appeared, he appeared unto Abraham and said, verse 1, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be mature or blameless. And I will make my covenant with you, with you, between me and you. In other words, you need to get this. Please write it down. Covenant is always tied Covenant is always tied to possessing. If we talk about a God, God doesn't want you to have covenant with him and you don't own nothing. God wants you to have covenant with him, then he wants you to own something. So don't worry about it if you don't own it now. You need to begin to think about it because he's going to get you to a place where you've got something under your feet. Because covenant is always tied in the scriptures to possessing and I will make covenant my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly look at what happens when you get in the covenant when the almighty shows up he'll wait until you can't do it in your own strength then he's going to show up glory to God he's going to show up and make covenant with you then he's going to say I'm going to multiply you exceedingly and I just feel like prophesying to a few people who've been in the season called lack. God is about to step you in a season called multiplication. God is about to do things that's so bad you're going to have a problem with managing what he's given to you. You're going to have to learn how to manage what he's given to you. I'm, I'm reminded of how God blew up in Bishop T.D. Jakes' life. Glory to God. He was in, uh, I think, West Virginia, and then he started ministering in these small churches, but momentum picked up. Next thing you know, he was preaching at, Car at Carlton Pearson's church, preaching a message at Carlton Pearson's church. And I think Brother Crouch uh, was watching Carlton Pearson and said, who is that dark skin, that black man, that black man, black lives matter, that black man, who was that black man preaching like that? And that white male looked and saw that black man preaching like that and said, I want him to come to TBN. 
It's just the window now. It's just the window. That's why you got to make sure that you prepare yourself for the next season. Because while you're preparing yourself, while you're picking uh, in, 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 in the field, you may have a Boaz to ride by. You're just doing what you do normally, but God positioned you to be doing that when Boaz is on his way. Jakes was preaching like he normally did in his case, his, his canary yellow suits. Get, 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 get ready. He was preaching like he normally did, but Krauss watched him preaching and said, I need to bring this man to TBN. And when he hit TBN, he went international. Yet the multiplication was so great, he didn't have the administration to handle it. He had to build warehouses just to make sure that all of his tapes could be stored and sold. He had to hire people. And then he was able to buy a facility in Dallas, Texas, and he didn't have the administration to handle the facility. And he had to make sure he learned how to catch up with the multiplication. Well, I'm decreeing and declaring that the multiplication God wants to bring to your life is so great. And it's going to overtake you like a tsunami. And you need to have your administration down so you can handle what God is about to do in your life. The Bible said in verse 3, then Abram fell to his face. Don't stop worshiping. You can't just worship and not get a word from God, but your worship opens you up for more of God. As he worshiped and fell on his face and God talked with him. If you want to know what the real purpose of worship is, is that you can have a conversation with God. Thank you, Lord. You don't just get lost in worship. You got to talk with God. And God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant. God began to reveal even more to the man about the covenant relationship that he had with the man or that he was establishing with the man. Thank you, Jesus. Are you all getting anything today? Well, I'm preaching myself happy. I said I'm preaching myself happy because I believe something is on the way for me. He spoke to me and said, I am El Shaddai. Because I know the scriptures, that means you're establishing a covenant with me. You're about to do something in my life. You waited until I couldn't do it on my own. You waited until I couldn't say it on my own. You waited until people doubted me. You waited until people were talking about me to then bring me out. God, yes, because I don't want you to get any glory. I want the glory in your life. God revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai, glory to God. What does this mean? God already uh, passed through uh, a covenant with Abraham in the 15th chapter. And I want you to look at that. He had already spoke to the man about what he wanted to do. And he did a ceremony with the man as he, that installed him as the earthly servant of the Most High God. He allowed a deep sleep to pass on a man. He divided body parts of animals and he waited until Abram was asleep in a deep sleep. And then a smoking furnace and a burning lamb went through the pieces alone. Because when we go into covenant with God, you really can't keep your end of the deal anyway. So God went into covenant with himself. That's Genesis 15. And then in Genesis 16, Abraham and his wife Sarai tried to go ahead of God and do what they can do in the natural to establish the covenant. And so they pulled an Egyptian woman by the name of Hagar 
and put her in the mix. You got to watch what you put in the mix. You got to watch what's in the mix here, especially when you're going through trials and you get alone. You got to watch what you're putting in the mix. You got to watch what the mixture is. Don't tell me there's no mixture. I already know. Anybody that has covenant with God would have to battle with refusing the mixture. So he goes into covenant with Abram in chapter 15. In chapter 16, the Bible says Abram and Sarai then bring someone in the mix. A menage a trois, if you will. I got to say it like that. A menage a trois, as, it were, as you were. And this human power tends to do that. When we try to do it on our own, we start doing things on our own, trying to establish our own, and we'll mess things up when we do it on our own. So they pull this girl in, this young girl, by the name of Hagar. She is an Egyptian. In other words, she still smells like the world. I'm preaching now. That means she got her laces on. She got her earrings on. She know how to do the lace. She know how to twirl it. She know how to twerk it. She know how to do it all. And she brought that woman in the house. And you think things are going to be the same? Yes, Sarah was beautiful. But she didn't know how to twerk. This lady knows how to twerk. Sarah was elegant. But she didn't know how to twist it. She didn't know how to work it. It's right there. She was an Egyptian woman. It's a type of world. It's a type of world. During this season, please make sure that you're not bringing in the world, mixing the world with the... I know we want to reach them. I know I'm going to bring the world in my house. I'm going to become familiar with the world because this is the modern society. No, no, no. Guard your house from Hagar. Glory to God. Guard your house from this Egyptian named Hagar. Following that diversion, the scripture says, uh, the sovereign, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, even though Abram made a mistake in the 17th chapter when he was 99 years old after these mistakes, and he realized that he couldn't do it on his own, and he's got meth mess in his house, he appeared unto him and said, I am. Almighty God. And I believe that God is coming to many of us. He told you what he wanted to do in your life. But then life caught up with you. And a little Hagar stepped into your world. And if it's not Hagar for you, his name may be Harry. Maybe he's Hercules. Do I need to keep going with it? You got the jest, right? But make sure you keep in mind that your house in this season. It's easy to get them in. It's hard to kick them out. You got to go to the police and evict them. And then when you kick them out, you're still standing at the window hoping they drive by. You wonder who's holding Donna now. Man, I'm glad I came up with the barge.
Help me, Jesus. Y'all with me? I had to let that simmer a little bit because some people are the, the mixture is there. It's either Hagar or Hercules. You got to watch this right now. They try to get into your house. They'll squeeze in and change the atmosphere. And that's what happens. He made a promise with us in the 15th chapter of our lives. In the 16th chapter, we tried to do it on our own and we messed up. But in the 17th chapter, he shows up again. And I'm here to tell you, God is showing up again. Following that diversion, the sovereign resumes the business of establishing the covenant that he started with Abram. He even changed his name because he had to change his perspective. You're trying to start a family. I'm trying to create a nation. You want a son, but I'm trying to give you many sons. I'm trying to establish stability, establishment, and power in your life. And it all comes in the weight. Stability, establishment, and power comes in the weight. See, when God establishes a covenant relationship as El Shaddai, Everyone understood that it was the king who initiates. He is the, he was acting in his role as king to establish the covenant. You can't establish a covenant with the king. The king must initiate it. The legal document will always come from the king's court when he's establishing covenant. And I want to take the weight off of your shoulders, the weight as in W-E-I-G-H-T. W-E-I-G-H-T. I want to take that off of your shoulder. Because some of us think it is our job to establish and maintain the covenant. But God says, I am almighty. In other words, I, I'm going to establish my covenant with you in message, in formation, and spirituality. In all three of those areas, I want you to grow. In mission, in spirituality, and in formation. Glory, hallelujah. And as you wait on the Lord, as you wait on the Lord, there's several things that he's going to do in your life as well. As you wait on God, it's going to show up in power. It's going to establish you. It's going to make sure you have everything you need. Thank you, Lord. He's going to show up in stability, establishment, and power. When God initiates a covenant, everybody understands he's the one doing it. Thank you, God. He never established the covenant with Hagar. But because Abraham involved her, he saved her. I want you all to see something that came to me very, very, uh, uh, the Lord just kind of slid it in there, but I appreciate it. Remember, I told you that Hagar is, was an Egyptian, and your Hercules may be an Egyptian, meaning they're in the world. And you, and you need to be careful as it relates to this season by bringing in mixture right now. 
It's the thing that it can't stop God's covenant, but it can frustrate it. In a covenant relationship, the ruler is named first in the document. So you can see it in the chapter 17. When Abraham is 99 years old, I am the Lord, God Almighty. He's the first one named in the document. Covenant people need to know who you're serving. And that's why he says, I want you to know you're not serving man. You're serving me. You're to submit to me. Who you call when you get in trouble. The one that you're serving. Not the local news. Not even the sheriff. The first person you talk to is God. When you're in covenant. Hagar didn't know his name. She didn't know who he was. So she made up a name. In Genesis 16 and 13, Scripture says, She gave his name, she gave this name to the Lord, who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Now, I want you to see this. Here is a woman that doesn't know his name. So she gives him her own interpretation of who he is. I want you all to hear this because this is really representing modern day media and the modern move with our youth today who feel like because they see certain things in the natural, they can name our God. She had an experience where God actually spoke to her. So she named him a name based on her experience, but it wasn't his name. She said, Lord, the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And she named that particular spot that and it's called that even to this day. And we need to be careful at this time that we're not listening to the Egyptians' interpretation of their encounter with God. It needs to come from the top down, not from the world. So he establishes his covenant with Abraham in chapter 17. And I want you to get this because Abraham had a tender ear toward the Egyptian. She could have come up to him and said, this is my feel on it. You know, and we do have a baby together. <laughs> so God shows up in chapter 17 and say, listen, Hagar is not interpreting to you who I am. I want you to know who I am. I am the almighty God. I want you all to get this. This is a major, a major distinction. I'm going to ask God to give me revelation on to speak to it right now. For those of you that are Facebook, listening to every voice on Facebook, people's interpretation and their, their, their statements about what they're experiencing. And because it sounds good, we're going with it. But what we need to do is follow scripture right now. Follow scripture as it relates to almighty God. Romans 4 and 16 says this. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. It is not in intellect. It's not in catchy phrases. Do you believe what God said in Genesis 17? 
He did it because he wants our faith to be in him. The scripture says it is a faith that it might be by grace according to the promise that the promise may be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the, who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Then it goes to chapter 17 of Genesis. I've made you a father of many nations. Paul begins to look at Genesis 17. He changed his name from Abram to Abraham. I will make you a father of many nations. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which not as though they were. Look at verse 18. Who contrary to hope in hope believe that he might become the father of many nations. Then he's starting to show you how you follow Abraham's faith. You don't even see Hagar mentioned in it. Because what she interpreted as being God, the God that sees me, is not his name. He wants to be known as Almighty God. Don't let the world interpret to you what God is doing now. It needs to come from his word and his spirit. Verse 19. Look at this as the example as I close. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body as already being dead when he was 99 years old. Neither the deadness of his wife's womb. The Bible says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strong, strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God. So even while he was trying to manifest the, problem, the promise, he did not allow the weakness in his flesh to hinder his belief. But he began to worship as he moved forward toward the promise. And what we need to be doing is trying to fulfill the promise mission, spirituality, and formation. As we do that, we need to be lifting up holy hands and worshiping as we go. You're not just doing mission. You're not just doing spirituality and trying to keep the right form, but giving glory to God all along the way. Look at verse 22, 21. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. He was fully convinced that though there was weakness in his own flesh, the God that brought him to the place of El Shaddai, him knowing God as the breasted one, is the God that can fully perform his duties. And the scripture says it was accounted to him for righteousness. Another name for God is not only I'm almighty God and I'm your protector. I'm going to continue with this at 11. But he told me this is, a, this is the name of God, El Shaddai. The breasted one. The breasted one. I am so full of what you need. I have multiple, multiple access points for you to tap into it. Don't just look in the natural. This is what El Shaddai means. Ample supply where there's no lack. Thank you, God. And God spoke to me specifically to let you know that you're not alone. Your supply is so close to you. It is so close to you if you can ever see the breasted one. You can never ever in your mind get beyond the lack and the issues or the mistakes of your 16th. Well, you tried to do it on your own and you listened to the world 
even became intimate with the world. I'm here to let you know that God has not forsaken his promise in your life. You can still make it. You can still recover it all. After the 16th, there's a 17th. And in the 17th, he will reestablish the covenant that he made with you. And this is what he wants you to hear first. Not that you're a sinner, you made a mistake, and they're talking about you. Don't worry about all of that. God still will raise you up in the midst of folk. What you need to understand is this, is that he's almighty God, the breasted one. This is how he revealed himself to Abraham. El Shaddai. After he revealed himself to El Shaddai, to Abraham, he stopped saying El. Just said, I'm almighty God. And he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of El Shaddai, of the Almighty. And I'm decreeing and declaring that the almighty God is creating shade for you now. You've been scorched in your trial, scorched in your trauma, scorched in your issues. But dwell in the secret place. It's the shadow of El Shaddai. Sometimes I find little kids will come to me and hug me. And they just like to stand in my shadow. I guess I look like a big giant to them when they're small. When they grow up and they're taller than me, they don't hug me anymore. They forget that I remember when they were one and two years old, five years old. Now almost 20. That's all right. Because at one time I may have been a type of almighty to them. But I thank God for life showing them that God is their God. And I just want to say to you that God is about to move in your life in a special way. He's showing up. He's taking some of his people home. He's coming himself to take them home. Our dearly beloved Sharon Tucker went on to be with the Lord. Before she went out, she said she saw a bright light. Ever so bright. One of our first worshipers here. When her daughter drove down, she said, Bishop, I'm home. I said, give me a true assessment. She said, do you believe that this is it for my mom? The doctor's given her a little bit more time. I said, do you want me to be honest with you? She said, be honest with me. I said, he's already on his way. He's coming to take her. Six hours later, it was over. Not only does God take us home when it's time to come home, but while we're here, he provides everything we need. And I want to bless you in the name of the Lord with this prayer as I close this message that almighty God is spreading his wings over you. And he wants you to dwell in the secret place. For me, it is the prayer position specifically told me my secret place 
is when I bow my knee. And so as I obey him, he's starting to open things up. And I want you to find your secret place. I used to walk around and pray and ride in my car and pray. But God said, no, I want you to kneel. You, Clark, I want you to kneel. Humble yourself before me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Is there a yes on the inside of you? Sometimes it's not in the complex things. It's in the simple. Yes, Lord, I'll kneel. If that's what you want. Yes, that's what I want from you. Your secret place is to kneel at the gate. And I'll visit you there. Only you, only you, only you are God. Father, your people are tuned in in our hearts. We kneel. In our soul, we kneel. We're taking the posture and getting into that secret place that we may abide in the shadow, under the shadow of the Almighty. That name, El Shaddai, is resounded in my soul. El, Elion, El Shaddai, move in every soul and every heart, Lord. While the world is running frantic because of death and, and the burning and the riots and the protesting, those who are comfortable are finding no peace and those who are angry is finding no rest. But take us, El Shaddai, beyond our 16th to our 17th, that you might receive glory and honor and praise and we might receive the multiplication that is coming our way. <laughs> I love you, Lord, with all of my heart. Only you can take a man like me and do the things that you're doing. Make it known to every man that it is possible to climb out of ditches and ruts, to come off guard shacks, and to make them shepherds over your people. I'm so grateful, Lord. I shed tears not because I'm sad, but because I see what's coming. There are things we're going to possess. Your people are going to buy homes. They're going to extend their, their portfolios. They're going to increase financially, but keep us with wisdom as we grow. Let us not fall in love with the stuff, but let us fall in love with you. You bless me with my family and my friends, and I'm so grateful. Bless them too. Holy Spirit, touch hearts. 
message, spirituality, and formation touch your people. Heal, do miracles. We will give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you're unsaved, you need to give your heart to Jesus. El Shaddai loves you. Just ask him to forgive you of your sins. Confess the Lord Jesus. Say, I confess the Lord Jesus as Lord of my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Live in me and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, fill them now. And we will be filled. In the matchless name of Jesus, amen. Let us know that you gave your heart to Jesus. For those of you that are givers and would like to contribute, you can do that now. For those of you that are in the sanctuary, we thank God for you coming. Thank you for sowing your seed and putting it in the slot. Those of you that need to give, go to the website and give. Those of you that text to give, 77977, that is trim give text trim give to 77977 the alliance building you can send it there or to church if you're here drop it off you've been so royal so honorable in your gifts thank you god bless you i love you i'm gonna leave you with a tear almighty is here El El Shaddai is with you. He's going to provide everything you need. You can rest in that. I love you. May God bless and keep you. It's our prayers. Father, go with your people. Heal us and we will be healed. Save us and we will be saved. Until we meet again at 11 o'clock. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.